Why do they call it Good Friday? What's good about it? Isn't that the day that Jesus was killed? These are the questions that a colleague of mine who I work with, Divya, posed to me when I told her I'd be preaching on Good Friday. Divya was raised in India in a Hindu context. And so she comes to Christian ritual and symbol with eyes wide open and asks simple and direct questions that me, a cradle Catholic, never would. Why do we call it Good Friday? What is good about it? I decided to look into where this name came from, this Good Friday. But I didn't find anything particularly satisfying. It seems that in the Middle Ages, perhaps God Friday and Good Friday became into usage, maybe around the 1200s, and then gradually was adopted more and more around. But for no other particular reason than people just did it. There was no declaration, no agreement that this was a Good Friday. It seems to me that you can only come to Good Friday through the lens of everything that came afterwards, a thousand years later. In light of the resurrection, the coming of the Spirit, the growth of the Christian community, and a long distance from the reality of the crucifixion, you might look back and say, Good Friday. But for the people who were there, the people who were there that day, it was terrible Friday. There was nothing good about it. We come to this story through the lens of the Gospel of John, and it all seems so inevitable. It all has meaning and purpose and clarity, and everything's done to fulfill Scripture. But at the time, I'm sure it was a lot more like chaos and corruption and catastrophe. How could this be happening? Before it could be Good Friday, it was terrible Friday for all involved, especially for those who were the followers of Jesus, those who had placed their hopes in this man, in this Son of God, this Messiah, who was going to bring on a new kingdom and reverse everything and make it better. And there was so much hope that he was the one. And now, Jesus is dead. How could this have happened to God's son? This is a question we have grappled with ever since. And there are literally millions of pages written about this in the library at the GTU. And I don't find any of these explanations particularly comforting. Because so often they come from the premise that God is in control and God has a plan. And that somehow, this day, this crucifixion had to happen. I've begun to wonder if the power of God is such that God doesn't have to be in control. What if God is so powerful that God doesn't need to control everything? That God is a loving, abiding, creative, imaginative presence there with us always, but not a puppet master, not somebody who has a plan, just like us, free, free in creation. And all options are on the table, including crucifixion of his son. We're always so impressed with our ability to sin, 
We're so impressed by our evil, our capacity to thwart, to somehow overturn God's plan. But what if there's no plan to overturn? What then? Not so impressive. If what we can do, if what we can do can be refashioned to the good, perhaps that's why we remember this day as Good Friday. Not so much because of what happened, but to remember that in a catastrophe, when the worst thing has happened, God can still fashion something new, something good. It is a paradox of our faith that the crucifixion is called Good Friday. But it's so important for us to remember this, especially on this day, this Good Friday, which is also a terrible Friday. We are in the midst of a pandemic. We are not here together. This is a terrible day for our country and for our world. And yet we gather to remember another terrible day that became a good one. As Emily reminded us in her Palm Sunday sermon, God is always with us, always abiding, always present, even in our suffering, ready to refashion that, to try to make something good. Not so much that the bad is needed for the good, but that God allows all things and is ready to change it. And so on this Good Friday, this terrible Friday, we look to our ancestors to try to figure out who we want to be. Who do we want to be in this moment of this difficult time? Our ancestors include the people of this story, this passion narrative. These people are part of the reason we are here this night. But as I look at this story, there's not a lot of people I want to be. Jesus, Judas, Peter, the slave who gets his ear cut off, the envious religious officials, cowardly Pilate, the Roman soldiers who are doing their duty. There's not a lot of people here I want to be. But I'm always drawn to the figure who shows up at the end, Joseph of Arimathea. Now his hands are not clean. He's more. But he was secretly, it says, a disciple of Jesus. And perhaps he had some hope. And yet, having not acted before, why does he go to Pilate at the end to claim Jesus' body? Is it remorse? Does he look for some way to undo what's been done? Or is this just a kindness? Because this is not a small kindness to put your neck out like this. To go and take someone who has been condemned and killed by the, by the authorities of your time. To wrap his body. To carry the dead weight into a garden and lay it in a new tomb. He didn't have to do this. But it's an act that seems so hopeful to me. It seems like it almost comes out of the imagination of Jesus. The way he always talked about the sowers and the grain of wheat that falls to the ground. And somehow Joseph of Arimathea becomes that sower to sow the seed of the Son of God in this tomb from which new growth is going to come. All of us. And so I think about him and I wonder, did he realize what he was doing? Did he think he was a hero? 
I doubt it. As Annie Dillard says in For a Time Being, there was no formally heroic time. There was no formally pure generation. There's always just been us chickens. And what she's pointing out is this way that we always look back and we assume that the people who acted in those times had full knowledge and somehow had courage that we don't and insight because it all worked out. But that's not how it was then. It's always just us chickens. So here we are in the midst of a terrible Good Friday. And who knows whether this day we'll look back and said it was terrible or it was good. But how do you want to be? Because what matters now is what we do and who we are and how we show up. Because the rest, friends, well, that's all in the creative, loving hands of God where it's always been.